Every January, the President of the United States gives uh, his State of the Union address. President Obama just gave his last one a couple of weeks ago. In those speeches addressed to both houses of Congress, and I suppose the American people, the, the press keeps track of really important statistics like how long the speech was, how many applauses there were, how many standing ovations, who clapped, who didn't, who smiled, who frowned. Uh, the president then reviews the, the victories of the previous year and, and tells us why he deserves the credit. And, and if he's still running, why he should stay in office so he can finish the work begun. He also reviews the, the problems of the previous year and, and why it's not his fault if only the other party would play nice. Well, he then outlines the challenges of the upcoming year and talks about things like bipartisanship and crossing the aisle, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that, uh, that's when his party claps and those across the aisle glare. Well, with all that God has done in this, His church this past year, dare I call them spiritual victories, I think it appropriate that we too take some time for what I'm going to call a state of the church address. We're going to take a little time off from the Gospel of Matthew. I want us to be reminded where we've been and more importantly, where we're going, that is what we are going to focus on this year. In fact, I believe that we have some plans that could potentially change the culture of our church. Now, oh, and, and, and by the way, let me remind you, there is not one, but there are three persons who deserve, deserve the credit here. And while you may be thinking I'm talking about the senior pastor, the worship director, and the middle school director, I'm actually talking about the sovereign God of the universe who will sit on His throne regardless of what we do. I'm talking about His Son, Jesus Christ, who said, I will build my church in the very gates of hell and our ineptitude will not overcome. And I'm talking about the Holy Spirit who both indwells and empowers His people. If there is anyone who deserves applause for the victories of this past year, it is the God we serve in whom we live and breathe and have our being. And by the way, He will never be voted out of office no matter who believes in Him and who doesn't. Now, as Alliance has grown, I realize that you may be in one of several groups, four actual groups here today. First, you may not yet be a follower of Jesus. You are open to Christianity, what it has to say. You're coming to hear the claims of Christ. I hope that in a, a church our size that we have some people like that. And to you, I want to say, welcome. I am glad that you have come because I am convinced that if you give if you just give a little glimpse to Jesus, just give him a little taste, you will see his, his love for you and you will commit your life to him. I'm convinced you will commit your life to him just like we have. So, so welcome. Uh, you may find yourself in a second category. You are already a disciple of Jesus, but, but maybe you're new to the area and you're just trying out new churches and we're one of, of many on your list. We're not the only church in town. I understand that. We happen to be the best, but that's okay. Uh, I'm kidding, just kidding. To you, I also say, welcome. I believe that you will find here a, a vibrant and growing group of people, of people who want to be a spiritually healthy people, who more than anything, listen to me, who more than anything want to be like Jesus. We're not, we're not perfect. If you're looking for the perfect church, this isn't it. But we're on our way. And we'd, we'd love to have you join us in the journey. I'm also aware of a third category of people here. Maybe you too are already believers in Jesus, but you're, you're not new to the area. You've come perhaps because you've heard, heard about Alliance, what God is doing here. You've seen this building out front and you're just kind of curious, when are they ever going to finish that thing? And, and some of you have come because your old church hurt you and you're wounded you're coming from a very difficult and unpleasant situation. You feel God leading you to go to a new place. To you, I would also say welcome. It is our desire to, to care for you, to, to, to bind up your wounds, to see you spiritually and emotionally healthy. It's okay to sit for a little while. In fact, I invite you to do that. 
so that you can return to a place of spiritual health and you can serve with us again. If you're visiting this morning, either in the second or third category, either new or not new to the area, you're you're checking us out. I know something about you. You have a measuring stick. It's called your old church. You see, you come with certain expectations. If you've ever been involved in another church, it's I can assure you that it's different from this one because actually there are no two churches exactly alike. And whether you realize it or not, you are evaluating this church based on your past experiences. (laughs) How many times have I heard the word something like this? At my old church, we dot, 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 or, or how I miss my old church. I don't think I'll ever find another one quite like it. You probably won't because every church is different and has its own personality. In fact, every church chooses to do church its, its own way. There are things that they believe that God is calling them to do or, or, or not do, the things that they value or things that they don't, which may or may not be like your old church. So today, I want you to know us. What you can expect if you choose to remain here, and you see, there are a number of ways that you can get to know us, and my desire is to peel back the cover just a little bit and let you in on who we are and why we do what we do. Finally, there is a fourth group of people here today, and those are you who have been around here for a while. And some of you, I know, aren't too sure about some of the changes that you've seen through the years. I mean, you were at the old building, and you remember the tight quarters and the warmth that that closeness brought. I want to encourage you today, by the Holy Spirit, you set the direction for this church. We stand on your shoulders. Uh, We build on the foundation that you faithfully laid. And, And through the years, God has used you to build his church right here in Boone so that we can experience what we are experiencing this morning as a body of believers. And I am deeply, listen to me, if you've been around for a while, I am deeply thankful for you and your work in His church. And I want to encourage you to continue. In whatever group you find yourself today, I believe it's important that we take a brief look back, perhaps, but more importantly, that we look ahead. That we are, that we are continually asking and answering the questions why are, why are we here? Well, what is our purpose? What in the world are we doing? Why is this church not like my home church? Why do we do what we do the way we do it? What is the purpose of this church? And you, and you say, well, that's easy. The church exists so that people can be saved. They can know Jesus as their personal Savior. And you'd be, well, partly right. Oh, I know, people need to get saved and then grow as Christians, and then you'd be a little bit more right. Oh, I know, of course, when, when, when I get saved, I need to tell others about Jesus, uh, how they could be saved, and, and then you'd be a little bit closer to the truth, and you go, oh, I know, this needs to be for full circle. Our purpose in life is to come to faith in Christ, grow as Christians, tell others about Jesus, see them grow as Christians, and watch them reproduce themselves, and then you're almost there, but not quite. As long as you understand that all of it, as long as you understand that everything that we do, our purpose for existence is the glory of God. I want you to understand that everything that we do is for His glory. It is ultimately about building God's kingdom, not ours. It is ultimately about building His church, not ours. And if we have that attitude in our minds, then it won't It won't matter who comes because he's building his church. You see, we're in a study of the gospel of Mark, and and we're finding that Jesus chooses people we'd never choose. I mean, he, he calls all kinds of people to be part of his church, even sinners like us. It won't it won't matter if more people come, even people with problems, just like like us. And it won't matter if this isn't quite like our old church or even if it isn't quite like this church was a little while ago, and it won't matter. And I have to remind myself of this one all the time. It won't matter if 
people go to other churches. Because this is not a competition. We are, we, we are building God's kingdom, or He through us is building His church, and it is ultimately His glory that we are concerned about. I'm quite serious about that. I want to share with you today, heart-to-heart, Pastor a pastor to his people, I believe, listen to me, I believe that we have a great church here at Alliance. We do have some great things going on. We've grown. God in His sovereign purposes has blessed us. We are desperately trying not to mess it up. We're not perfect, but I believe we're headed there, but you should know we won't get there till Jesus comes back. In the meantime, there are great things going on, and I believe it's important that we keep our our vision, our mission, our purpose, whatever you want to call it. I believe it's important that we keep that before us because I believe our mission is thoroughly biblical. And as we are faithful to be and do what God has called us to be and do, I think that He will continue to bless His church. It's incredibly important, though, that He be the head of His church and that it be about His glory. So this morning, we're going to take, again, a a break away from our study of Mark to be reminded what this is all about. Our church mission statement that you see pretty much plastered everywhere, even in the glass doors when you're walking in, goes something like this. Uh, We are called by the grace of God, for the glory of God, to become and multiply fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. I want you to understand that is who we are. That is what we believe God has called us both to be and to do. If if you decide to be part of Alliance, I want you to know this is our driving principle. Now, you should know that this statement is firmly rooted in Scripture. In Mark, uh, excuse me, in Matthew chapter uh, 28, after Jesus had spent, you know, three and a half years teaching His disciples, after His crucifixion and, 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 and resurrection, He was preparing for His ascension into heaven. And the last thing that He told them was this, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, on the basis of that authority, go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, all the days, even to the end of the, of the age. You, you should know that we read basically that same command, those same words in, in Luke chapter 24 and John chapter 21 and Acts chapter 1 and throughout the, the New Testament epistles. It is the mission of the church. Now, we have a tendency to lump that particular passage into evangelism and, and missions. And, and, and while it does include those things, I believe that it is much more comprehensive. J- Jesus had just finished his public ministry on earth. In his previous three and a half years, he had proven conclusively that he was who he said he was. He had fulfilled all of the prophecies of the Old uh, Testament, of the coming of the Messiah. He had demonstrated his authority over the forces of evil by exercising demons. He healed the sick. He made lepers whole, made the lame to walk, the the deaf to hear, the blind to see. He had fed multitudes, walked on water, calmed storms. He had even raised the dead. If you are in that first category of people, exploring the claims of Christ, you need to do something with his miracles. They're undeniable. Everybody knew he was doing something very special. His ministry, though, ended just like the Old Testament said that it would, by his violent death on a cross, but he didn't stay dead. On the very first day of the week, that first Easter Sunday, the, the angels were there to announce his resurrection. Why do you look for the, uh, the, the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen, just like he said. And sure enough, it was true. He began to appear to his disciples, first one or two at a time, then the whole group, then to 500 at one time. And if you are exploring the claims of Christ, you need to understand that His resurrection is undeniable. You need to do something with that. He was seen by many. You know, at this point of the story, it seems to me, uh, can you imagine what it would have been like for Jesus to march into the Sanhedrin made up of those self-righteous people that we talked about last, the religious people that we talked about last week, uh, the Jewish ruling body, and uh, before those Pharisees who thought they had finally gotten rid of Jesus and said, surprise, uh, to, to walk into Pilate's judgment hall and say, Pilate, you really should have listened to your wife. It seems to me that now would have been the time for him to set up his earthly kingdom. And 
when all sickness and disease and sin and death would be banished. I'm not the only one who thought this was the time right before this ascension when he returned to heaven. His disciples asked him, Lord, is it at this time that you're going to build the kingdom, that you're going to restore the kingdom? To which Jesus responded, if I may paraphrase, I've completed my work, but there's still a lot of work to be done. I've done my job, now you do yours. In other words, here's your purpose in life. This is the reason that we're here, Matthew chapter 28. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Very quickly, there are a couple of important thoughts that I want to share with you about this passage, laying the foundation of what the other guys are going to come and share with you. This is where I'm going today in this state of the church address. I want you to know what we have planned last year and what we are implementing this year to help us become fully devoted followers. But from this passage, just a couple of ideas. First is the all-inclusive nature of the command. There are four alls that appear in these verses. All authority, all nations, all that I've commanded, and literally translated, I'm with you all the days, even to the end of the age. Jesus had just completed his work, proving himself, Mark's proving to us that he is the very Son of God, and as such, he had all authority. Where? All authority in heaven and on earth, and as God... He musters that authority to give us this command. May I point out to you that this is not the great suggestion. This is a command to us as followers to be about His mission. Which leads to the second idea, what is the mission? Sometimes I've asked it this way. What is the the main verb, the the main action of verses 19 and and 20? And many of you think, well, it's that first word, go, therefore. And, and, And so many people believe that they have completed this command, what we call the Great Commission, by going and preaching the gospel. But that is not the primary command of the Great Commission. In other words, it is not just about evangelism, although, again, it includes that. The main verb in these verses is not go, but make disciples. Listen to me, that is our purpose. It's why we're here, make disciples, become fully devoted followers, and multiply ourselves to see other people become fully devoted followers of Jesus. Now, this main verb is supported by, take you back to your English class, by three participles, three I-N-G words, going and baptizing and teaching. Yes, we are to go, but to whom do we go? All the nations. Write that down, all the nations. In this increasingly pluralistic society that, that seems to think that Anybody can get to heaven as long as they believe something sincerely. Isn't that what Jesus said? We are to go to all the nations. That's the second all, by the way, in this passage. We are to go without discrimination to all the peoples, uh, all the people group, and share the good news of Jesus. And why do we need to go? Because regardless of where they live, what they believe, what God they follow, how good they are, how good they aren't, they need Jesus. They must have explicit faith in Jesus Christ, who He is and what He has done. If sincerely following a false god, I don't know, I'll just name one, Allah, was enough to get people to heaven, then Jesus would never have told us to go. We would have a useless purpose in life. And I might add another point. Jesus' death would have been meaningless. Why did He die if they can get get there without Him? They need to know. Because everyone must know Jesus, so we must go. But not only do we go and preach the gospel, we make disciples. And that is accomplished through our baptizing and teaching. Baptism is an outward symbol of an inward reality. It's a public declaration of uh, of what Christ has done. It's telling others, I am identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And and by the way, this is part of the Great Commission. Uh, We see here this is an act of obedience, which means if you're here and you believe in Jesus, but you've never been baptized, that's not good. Jesus said followers of His need to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we have a baptism in in, in a couple of, of weeks. And if you need to be baptized, I want to encourage you to do so. 
This is serious stuff. It's the last thing that Jesus told us to do. <laughs> then we see the, the, the third participle, participle, teaching them to observe all that I commanded. It is here that we see the third all. What is the all that Jesus taught? Well, it's found in the gospel narratives. It's found in the gospel of Mark that we've been studying. It's found in the epistles, which go on to elaborate on the Christian faith. Part of becoming a fully devoted follower of Jesus is to learn to apply what he taught. And part of multiplying fully devoted followers is to teach others to obey. I've said it this way before. We know that we are successfully fulfilling the Great Commission. We're obeying the command when our disciples have disciples. I've never told anybody about Jesus. Really? I've never helped anyone become a fully devoted... Really? I cannot stress this enough. Acts chapter 2 says it this way, and they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. Stop right there. If you read the, the, the book of Acts, they couldn't get enough of each other. They met every day. Could you imagine meeting here every day? Wouldn't that be fun? Okay, we'll move on. Um, the apostles' teaching and, to, and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to, and to prayer. Once people have come to faith in Christ, once they've been baptized, it is our responsibility both to learn and to apply the Scriptures and to teach others to learn and apply the, the Scriptures and equip them to teach others to learn and apply the Scriptures. You see how this is supposed to go. Finally, notice the last all there. Jesus said, lo, I am with you literally all the days, even to the end of the age. There has not been, listen carefully to me, even in your most lonely days, even in days where you, you've come in this building and this big group of people and you felt desperately alone, no one's noticed. Can I tell you that there has never been a day that you've walked alone? That's what we mean by we are called by the grace of God. We have a tendency to think that the only grace that we need is need a saving grace the day that, that Jesus saved us, but I want you to understand that that is not nearly enough. We need not only the grace that saved us, but we need His grace moment by moment, day by day that sustains us, that grace that enables us to become fully devoted followers of Jesus. In other words, this great commission, the mission of alliance, the purpose of our lives is a rather daunting task, but we need not do it alone. So, all of that to ask, how are we doing making disciples? How are, we, how are we doing this? This past year, we, staff and, and elders, deacons, deaconesses, ministry leaders, church leadership, all under that rubric, focus on a number of challenges and opportunities to help us become fully devoted followers. We have been and are continuing to focus on what we can and indeed should do, plans that we can develop to help this body of believers mature in our faith through things like evangelism and, and service and worship and fellowship and, and disciple, discipleship, all of those things that make us a healthy church. And so I've asked a few key leaders to share with you today. In, in the last few weeks, you've been getting some teasers. You've been hearing about this thing called the Hub I'm going to have you watch this video, after which Steve Colley, our communications director, will come and tell you what the hub is for. And guess what you're going to find? It's about becoming fully devoted followers of Jesus. Why don't you watch this video? With a growing church comes growing amounts of ministries, events, groups, volunteers, schedules, files, and information. This can cause growing amounts of organization issues for leaders, growing amounts of confusion for those looking to get involved, and growing amounts of headaches for everyone. That's why we've launched The Hub, ABF's online community. See, The Hub centralizes our church's information and management tools into one website. It's the grand central station that all our information traffic runs through. And because all this information is in one place, it's easier for people to connect deeper into the community of ABF. For instance, on the Hub, you can search for anyone at ABF, view their profile, and even send them an email. You can also get a bird's eye view of ABF's events through the church-wide calendar, interact with others in your group or ministry team, manage your volunteer schedule, download financial giving statements, and much, much more. Everybody at ABF has a profile on the Hub. When complete, 
Your profile includes contact information, a photo, names of family members at ABF, giftings, passions, and information about your involvement within the church, but you control the privacy settings of your profile, meaning most people can only see what you let them see. See, everything we do at ABF is about driving our mission forward. The hub is no different. By staying organized and connected, we can better live out our mission of spiritually transforming lives, to live as a transforming church, and that's part of transforming the world. So let's get started today. Use our website or mobile app to access the hub. Then get registered, update your profile, and start exploring our online community. Good morning. As Scott has alluded to, it has been an incredible year at Alliance Bible Fellowship. We have seen growth in all arenas of ministry, women's ministry, men's ministry, youth ministry, college. Our, our children's ministry is simply exploding over there. We have had record attendance at quite a few of our events this past year. Uh, for instance, our um, Christmas Eve service or Joy Prom or our Buck a Bag. If you've been at any of those, you have seen that firsthand. Thanks to our Finish Strong campaign and our very dedicated volunteers, we hope to be in our new building this year. We, uh, you guys, our giving is up. Our missions opportunities and giving is up. Our, our baptisms are up. This past year, we have been hearing the word of God at Alliance Bible Fellowship, and we have been fulfilling our mission of becoming and multiplying fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Now, as you're well aware, Alliance is a growing community. In, in fact, we, we have been a large community for quite some time. And one of the largest frustrations that I hear while on staff is, I, I want to be connected, but I don't know how. It's obvious that we all long for community. We, we all long for belonging. We, we want to know and be known and to that end this morning, I am very excited to introduce you to a powerful new tool to help cultivate that community called The Hub. What The Hub does best is it gives you the opportunity to communicate back to the church. It is a program that helps you connect and, and communicate. Just a few months ago, we introduced The Hub to key leaders and volunteers, and it is already changing the way that they interact with, with their teams. It's changing the way they interact with their, their friends. It's, it's, it's changing the way they interact with the church as a whole. They love how easy it is to find information, like emails or phone numbers for individuals. They have appreciated how easy it is to fill out forms and share forms like, um, like volunteer applications or Bible study res registrations. And with it being January, they have quickly been able to, to explore their giving records and print year-end uh, statements. And parents, you, you may have already noticed that the check-ins at Awali Oasis are, are much more convenient and just more secure. The hub is far more than just a church database. This is a software that goes in the hands of our leaders, our life group leaders, all of our key volunteers, our youth leaders, our staff. The hub provides information in a user-friendly way so that this actually becomes a discipleship tool. This is not a church management system that can only be accessed by one or two administrators. No, we're much too large of a church for that. This is a church management software that will grow as we continue to grow. Once you start working in the hub, you will be amazed at how it helps you do many things. For example, it may help you find a life group. People from Alliance live all throughout the high country. So if you live down in Wilkesboro, you don't necessarily want a life group that meets in Mountain City. With just a couple clicks, the hub is going to help you find groups located near your home. Or another example, um, perhaps you know someone by name in the church, you've heard their name, but you just can't put a face to that name. Well, in just a couple clicks, you're going to be able to see that smiling face. The hub will serve as our online directory. Or how about a time where prayer requests are shared in, in your life group? Just a couple clicks. Your life group leader will be able to place those requests on the hub, and you, as members of that group, will be able to interact and follow up with those prayer requests. The hub actually has the potential to help us care for each other. 
the hub is packed with powerful features. It's a wonderful tool to be able to glance at your screen and see the information that's important to you. Not only will you be able to customize your calendars so that you can see upcoming events and activities that are important to you, but parents, you can actually customize your calendar to reflect all of the activities available to every member of your family. The hub will impact how we volunteer as a church. After you answer a few questions in the My Fit section, you will be shown, you would be, you're just a couple clicks away and will be shown volunteer positions that match your spiritual giftedness, your passions, and your skill sets. We have been simply amazed at how God has raised up key volunteers in positions just, just because we have the right people serving in the right positions. So, when you get home today, if you are a member or a regular attender at Alliance, you will find in your inbox an email inviting you to activate your hub login. We're trying to make this so easy for you guys. Right in the middle of that email, you're going to see a big green button that says activate login. Click that button, and you will be redirected to a web page where you choose a password. Simply create one and, and click submit. That's it. You are in the hub. Congratulations. Now you're going to be able to come back anytime. Just bookmark the link or navigate there off of the Alliance website. And you'll be happy to see once you're in there that the majority of your information is already there. Your name, your address, your phone number, your blood type, your GPA. Um, <laughs> I tease. But seriously, security is a high priority for the hub. I want you to know that people will only see what you want them to see once you set up your, your security preferences. Okay, also in your inbox, there will be a second email. And that second email from the Hub team is one that just invites you and, and helps you get up to speed. You'll, you'll find several PDF copies of, of these printed helps that we have made. They are um, frequently asked questions. Excuse me. Frequently asked questions, top 10 ways to maximize the Hub, a, a getting started handbook that will help you in eight simple steps get up to speed. You guys, we're here to help. In fact, for the next several weeks, we're going to have in the Commons and in the Upstairs foyer, Help desks. These desks are manned by well-trained individuals armed with laptops and, and tablets who are going to help you directly in your account learn the hub. Well, to wrap things up, when we connect and when we communicate with each other, we all experience a greater sense of belonging. That's what the hub is designed to do. We are excited. If you can't tell, we are excited for you to get in there play around, and find out how the hub is going to assist you and your family. So, so reminders, next steps, get home, check your email, click that big green button, log in, and get started today. Thank you. I, I want to I follow that. I want to encourage you to, to get involved in this. This is more, as he said, this is more than just a church database. I have it on my cell phone, and uh, it's got a little mobile app, which is great. You, you, you need to know someone's name or address or phone number. You, just, you could do a query on that. It is fantastic, and I really uh, want to encourage you to be uh, involved in that. Now, one of the things that you're going to find is that the Hub is going to encourage participation. So one of the things that we are, want to value here at Alliance is how that we have all been gifted to serve in ministry. We, we desperately need what you have to offer. In fact, we sent some ministry leaders this last year, again, to some training to help us develop volunteerism here at the church. And I've asked Michael Tyler to come and share that uh, with you. Thank you, Scott. Well, this is an exciting morning. I absolutely love talking about the church and uh, the New Testament, if you scan through the pages of the New Testament, it's quite a bit about the church. And there's re really some rich and colorful metaphors in the New Testament about what the church is. One of the most prevalent is the body of Christ. I'm sure you're familiar with this metaphor that we are the body of Christ. When we hear these metaphors, we tend to think big, universal church. We are the body of Christ with other believers across the world. That's why we pray for the persecuted church. While this is an appropriate application of Scripture, Paul had something a bit more specific in mind when he speaks of the body and when he uses many of these metaphors. When, when Paul spoke of the body of Christ in 1 Corinthians 12 and in Romans 12, he was referring to the local churches in Corinth and in Rome, not the universal church. He told the Corinthians that you are the body of Christ and individually members of it, which meant that each member in the Corinthian church 
was an essential member of the body. So what does that mean for Alliance Bible Fellowship in Boone, North Carolina? It means that every person in this room that believes in Jesus Christ is an indispensable member of the body of Christ. This church is the body of Christ. That's profound. The Spirit has divinely enabled each of us to edify the church. And so in order for us to function as a healthy body, we need, we, we need to each know and accept our various roles. Our church has taken great strides over the past year to make this truth become a reality. And we've done that by taking a good hard look at our volunteer ministry. And as Scott mentioned this past spring, many of the ministry leaders at our church had the opportunity to attend a high impact volunteer ministry conference, a training conference. You're going to hear the term high impact quite frequently around here, so let me explain briefly what it is. The high impact model is simply a biblical model of volunteerism that has the potential really to transform our church. It gives us the vision and the tools to engage and organize every believer in gospel-centered ministry. Here's the best part about high impact. It is straight out of the Bible. It, it, it bleeds scripture. We got this giant binder at the conference and we've taken it home and it just is um, filled with scripture references. And it's not in a gimmicky way. It is a very biblical philosophy. Um, we talked for hours about the importance of prayer. So we get back uh, this summer we, in room 24, the ministry leaders, we prayed and we searched the scriptures and we were implementing this biblical philosophy. It's very exciting. Here's what we found when we looked at um, our, our current processes. We realized that we had some gaps. At times, we had unintentionally slipped into a spectator model, which means that um, you as the church member sit back and enjoy the show and watch the paid staff work. Sometimes we'd done a helper model, which means that you're a warm body that you can fulfill a basic menial task. Um, those aren't biblical, and we want to get away from that. Um, you're not a helper. You're not a spectator. We together are the body of Christ, and so we're excited about getting to work together to fulfill this mission. Now, I realize that when we start throwing around words like philosophy and volunteerism and, and you go on a website and you check out an application and job, you look at job descriptions, position descriptions, you may be tempted to back off a bit and shut down. It seems a bit formal. I promise you we're not simply becoming more rigid. These structures will actually encourage, not inhibit gospel growth. By placing the right people in the right place at the right time, and by engaging every person in our church, every member of the body, we will become healthy. And that's how we'll reach the community for Jesus Christ. And that's very exciting. I want to close with just a brief story of how High Impact is already um, bearing great fruit. So a few weeks before we went to the conference, I sat down with one of our college ministry volunteers. It's clear that, that God has given Josh Jones a, a heart for college ministry. And he's called him to, to the college ministry. But in our old model, he was a helper which means that he'd show up, he'd give up his Sunday evenings, he'd come, do a few tasks, and go home. Um, when I met with him, he was a bit restless. It felt like he was atrophying, an atrophied part of the body. He wasn't being used as he, as he could be. So when we began to develop our new system, it immediately dawned on me what Josh's role could be. Um, in the past, I'd led everything during our Sunday night sessions. I would get there, I would teach, and I would administrate and organize, and that was quite a taxing Load. And so here's Josh, this young man that's gifted with organization, administration. And so we set him up as the large group coordinator. And it was a perfect fit. And so for the last six months, that's exactly what Josh has been doing. He's the large group coordinator, which means that he organizes and communicates and administrates our Sunday evening gatherings far better than I could ever dream of. And that lets me serve where I'm best suited on Sunday nights. I get here and I teach, and it's fun, and it's exciting. And Josh is doing a fantastic job. He's envisioned and implemented new strategies for our adult team to reach students. I mean, he's developing these, and it's fascinating to watch him grow as a leader. And it's great that the college ministry here is reaping the benefits. And so as a result, the entire body is healthier. And so we invite, we invite you to start exploring. This is our goal and our hope for every person in this church. When you log onto the Hub, you'll eventually find a way to a, a link that's called Positions. There's a variety of opportunities um, for, for you to get involved. We know that you have busy schedules. We know that you live far away. We know there's lots of reasons not to get involved. We have, um, we've tried to eliminate as many of those barriers as we can. There's plenty of um, opportunities. We realize, though, that some of you may not even know where to start, and so we're going to turn our attention to that right now. Yeah, as Michael just said, you, you don't know where to start. In fact, you, uh, you listen to Steve, and this is an opportunity for you to fill out a profile that says, this is, what my, uh, this is where I'd like to serve, and you're going, I don't even know 
what opportunities are out there and talk about, he used words like spiritual gift and divine enablement. You're going, I don't even know what my spiritual gift is. Well, this sounds just kind of weird. Listen, we have some opportunities for you to be able to answer those questions. And I've asked Doug Cheshire to come and share a couple of classes that he teaches, one called uh, Explore Alliance and then one called Network uh, that will help you to determine what your fit is. Not everybody needs to be a large group coordinator. Uh, It'll determine what your fit is to be able to serve in this church. Doug? You have no idea how helpful this hub thing is. I get no calls or texts from Scott Andrews anymore. Doug, there's a person coming at me. They're at 100 yards, 75, 50. What's their name? True story. (laughs) Scott, I'm on vacation. I don't know. Just give me the name. That's all I'll bother you. True story. Well, it is great to be part of a church that uh, you know, has a, a lot of things uh, intentionally going on to help us um, make disciples. And um, I am you know, uh, in a state of, all of us kind of in a state of upheaval trying to figure all this out. But it's all, you know, it's going in the right direction. We're excited about it. Um, one thing about the, the hub that I that Steve mentioned was this thing uh, called My Fit. You'll see that on the um, on the page there when you when you get open to it. And My Fit it helps. Uh, there's a whole list of spiritual gifts you can. If you already know your spiritual gifts, you can check those, and it will help show you opportunities um, that are open within the church for you to use that gift. If, on the other hand, you do not know what your gifts are, then that's where you need to start. Uh, I'm teaching a class on Wednesday nights. We met a couple of times already. And uh, it is not an information uh, just dump on of all this stuff, learn all this stuff, hear all this stuff, and you got it. It's a discovery process, and um, it is in a group of people where you're getting to know one another, you're learning what the gifts are. There is some information, but uh, it's about, uh, it's kind of like an art rather than a science to try to figure out not just what your gifts are, okay, good, go do them, but what is your style? How does God want uh, you to use that? What passions has he given you? And I'm just excited to see uh, God help us discover our gifts in the process of that. Um, there, as Scott mentioned, also you'd think, well, I, I don't know. I know what my gifts are, but I don't know about this church. This is my first Sunday here. Well, that Explore Alliance class is really where you need to start then. Uh, that's a place where you can learn about a lot of different areas of the church, meet a lot of different uh, people. In about five minutes, they'll share with you about their ministry area. So you really get to know uh, what the church is. Sometimes, you know, we have a number of folks that will check every box of they're interested in everything. And that's exactly what I'd say to you. Explore Alliance is the place for uh, you to, to find that out and to meet a few other new folks while you're at it. So um, if I can help you with spiritual gifts, this is not a church where we want everybody to come for an hour and 15 minutes gone for the rest of the week. We, we want you to be intentional about uh, using the gifts that God has given you. Thanks. Thank you, Doug. It is true. I do call him because Doug knows everybody, and the truth is everybody knows him. Uh, just a couple days ago, I was at Lowe's for my daily trip and uh, on my way out of Lowe's, and uh, they were selling Girl, Girl Scout cookies, and there's a little girl from our church, you know, and so I thought, I'll buy Girl Scout cookies even though I won't eat them. In fact, I bought the girl. I said, which one is your favorite? And she said, this one. I said, okay, I'll buy it, and then I gave it to her. And she said, thank you, Pastor Doug. I said, give me those cookies back. (laughs) You know, one of the challenges that we face in a church our size and one of the criticisms that has, in fact, perhaps rightly been leveled against our church is that it is a big church. And I I, I haven't really felt cared for there. I've gone there and gone there for a long time and... And I've tried to get plugged in, and, but nobody really knows me. I slip in, slip out, and we just don't want that to happen. And so uh, the la- last year, the elders uh, did a study together where we intentionally developed a plan for shepherding care. And I've asked one of our elders, Barry Hubert, to come and share that with you. Hello, everyone. 
My name's Barry. I have the privilege of serving with the elders here at Alliance. And um, 20 years ago, my wife Lori and I set about on an adventure. We moved our young family from Long Beach, California to Boone, North Carolina. And we actually rolled into town on October 31st. We had been taking a week to kind of make our way across the country, seeing friends and family along the way. We kind of peeled the kids out of the car, found something to eat. And I think we ended up at the Boone Mall that evening. Uh, to my kids' delight, the, uh, because it was Halloween, the store owners were out handing out candy. And uh, by the end of that evening, my kids, you know, they were looking up at us wide-eyed and kind of hopped up on sugar and said, Dad, Mom, we love Boone. <laughs> it really wasn't too much longer that uh, our family also fell in love with Alliance Bible Fellowship. This is the first church that we visited, and we've been here ever since. We've always had a great appreciation for Alliance's commitment to teaching the scriptures. We've uh, valued the relationships and the friendships that we've built. If your family's anything like ours, you go through seasons of routine, and you have your ups and your downs, and you have times maybe of great joy, and you could have times like we have of extraordinary challenge. Um, and you might even find yourself from time to time struggling with feeling connected within your church. Even though you love and are committed to Alliance, uh, we realize that's happened much more than we wanted, wanted to see it happen. So over the last year, the elders have really wrestled with that idea. We've wanted to come up with a way to have to be better connected with the church. Um, you know, we, we actually uh, spent deliberate time uh, studying a book by Timothy Whitmer. It was called The Shepherd Leader. And he talked about that idea of caring. He talked about it as shepherding. He led us to the scriptures. Acts, 10, uh, Acts 20, verse 28 says, Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Ephesians 4 says that we do this for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. So we set about talking about how we do this. We wanted to people to feel connected, not just with each other, but we wanted every person that calls us their church home to have a connection with an elder. We wanted to provide spiritual leadership. In the process of talking with people, when we found out about physical needs, we wanted to mobilize help to meet those physical needs. And last, and certainly not least, and probably sometimes the best thing we can do, we wanted to know what was going on in people's lives so we could pray. So we came up with a purpose. We wanted to intentionally care for those who call Alliance their church home. Why? As we've said over and over today, so that we can become and multiply fully devoted followers of Christ. And we set about it because we'd like people to, one, feel like they belong in gospel community. And by doing that, Secondly, to become more like Christ. And by becoming more like Christ, we want to actually bless one another with our gifts. So we set out this year on a new adventure. There's 14 elders, and we've partnered with our deacons and deaconesses. And we took a look at our church database, and we actually, believe it or not, have information on about 3,000 people that have come through the doors here. We have a 1,000 or more that come here on a weekly basis. And as we debated and talked and and work through that, we decided that this year we were going to start uh, the shepherding effort with the folks that have been committed uh, to Alliance through church membership. It's not that we want to be exclusive, but we wanted to start with a group of people that we felt we could really um, start this to learn through the process and to do it as well as we can. Um, our own group, my, my wife Lori and I hosted at our house, we set out the invitation and we had about 20 people come. And it was fun. We had a, a game to kind of break the ice and to get to know each other better. And then we sat down and we shared a bit about what's going on in our lives and we had a time to pray for one another. The things that we hope to do aren't real fancy. We hope to stay in touch with people throughout the year to find out what their needs are, to pray for them on a regular basis. So we appreciate your prayers as we do that. Um, and all these things that we've talked about today, we really do want folks to belong to a Christian community, to become more like Christ, and to bless one another. Thank you. Thank you, Barry. Well, I hope that in all of that, I know right about now, you know, there's a lot of voices, you know, popping up, popping down. I, right now, you're zoning out. But let me just draw your attention back in just for just a moment. All of this is about us being the healthy, vibrant church that we believe God has called us and enabling us to be, for all of us to participate together as fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ, okay? This, is, this information is so important. We actually even had Caleb uh, uh, 
videotape it so we can put it on our website. So if you miss some information, you want to go back and catch it, or you're having trouble sleeping tonight, either one, uh, feel free to pop that in and you can uh, turn that on and you can watch it. Um, lots of opportunities. We haven't even talked about everything that we have going on here. You know, children's ministry been around forever and, and uh, youth and, and college and men's and and women's ministry, our life groups, all of that is there to help you to grow. One final thing that I want to bring to your attention and then we'll, we'll be done. One final thing is, um, as, as has been mentioned, uh, we are in the process of finishing at least half of our building, okay? And it's the educational side of the building. And after that happens sometime this summer, um, every square foot in this building is going to be uh, switched around to provide opportunity for continued growth in specific ministry area, kids zone, Awali Oasis, youth, even college. It's uh, w- w- uh, women's ministry. It's all going to be switched around. So you'll be hearing more about that. But when we get the educational space, we're going to have over there, we're going to have six large adult classrooms that we have, well, at least not in a long time, we haven't had, m- maybe ever. And during two of our Sunday morning worship services, we're going to offer I know you're going to call them Sunday school groups. We're going to call them community groups. Call them whatever you want. And this opportunity to break this big group up into smaller groups around life stage, you know, young marrieds and uh, small children, seniors, and everybody else. We're just going to break that up and give an opportunity uh, for you to be served and to serve. You can imagine breaking up this large group and having those community groups, Sunday school classes, that it's going to take a lot more people serving together. We're very, very um, excited about that. Listen, all of this is to help us become fully devoted followers of Christ. I I want you to hear that. This is ultimately about Him. Everything that we are doing is to bring glory to Jesus Christ. I hope that you're on board with us. Why don't you stand to your feet and I'll uh, close this in prayer. We're going to sing one final song after which we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you for your presence with us today. Thank you for what you have been doing in this, your church, as we do a state of the church address, it's obvious that you've been active despite the frailties of your people, despite the frailties of the leadership of this church, you have chosen to bless. And for that, we are indeed thankful. We ask that you would continue to build your church, reach people with the gospel, transform us into the image of your son. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.